Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sling and the Biscuit podcast. This is going to be episode 10 of the new Sling and the Biscuit podcast, joined by my amazing one-eyed co-host, Here I am. Dave Wheeler. That's me. How are you? I missed you. Well, honestly, I wasn't expecting to see you in studio again until after the season was done. I, uh, I thought you were out in the West Coast, and then you were heading straight out to the East Coast, but it's uh, nice to have you back in the prairies. Yeah, I, I came back for a day and a half, so I literally just came into Vancouver, from Vancouver, this mm-hmm. afternoon at 1, and mm-hmm. here we are, this evening, recording the podcast in the amazing studio at Energy 106. Yeah. And here we are, live episode 10 yeah here we are in the uh the we're we're moving buildings uh right now we're in little italy of winnipeg on cordon avenue and when you walk down here it smells like an old church basement mm-hmm. and it kind of reminds me of a conversation we had uh, earlier on in the season about those old rinks that just have you know you walk in and you can smell the stories in the walls we're moving into a newer building and i it's gonna smell like carpet paint or, or, or carpet glue the entire time I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss the as weird as it sounds i'm gonna miss the dungeon a little bit it's an awesome studio. There's so many like nice studios that you have in here. It's almost like a like an underground like dungeon, if that makes sense. Totally, and we refer to it as the dungeon all the time. So yeah, you're not far off. Perfect. So we're spot on. Yeah. Speaking of spot on, mm-hmm. last episode we did. Yeah. There's a lot of people talking about your pickup lines, your pickup suggestions. Oh, it wasn't necessarily suggestions. They were just anecdotes from my from my youth. Okay. Well, so I posted the clips on TikTok, mm-hmm. and the amount of people that said, "Who on earth would give this kind of advice?" This is the advice of a man. Who has no kids, no wife, no love life, very sexually inactive. <laughs> and then I reminded the people in the comments section, I said, actually, Google Dave Wheeler. Yeah. He's married to not only a model, 10 out of 10 beautiful wife, mm-hmm. a former Playboy bunny, correct? Uh, p- former Playboy model. She was never uh, the, I, yeah, I guess you could call her a bunny. Um, yeah, she was, she was a two-time <laughs> Playboy model, got flown down to the mansion, hung out with Hugh Hefner, stayed in actually uh, Marilyn Monroe's old room. Uh, when she was at the at the mansion, but yeah, I mean, she's been in uh, GQ, she's been in Men's Health, she's been in Maxim, she's been in FHM. I mean, all of the big magazines around the world, whether it be for just modeling photos or for advertising campaigns. I mean, that is a, as she calls it, a lifetime ago. Uh, we met actually um, uh, to make the story very short and mutual. She's from Winnipeg, but she had been living in Bermuda and Malaysia and Australia, kind of touring around doing the modeling thing. And uh, a mutual friend of ours uh, sent me a text message saying, hey, "Girlfriend of mine is in town." Uh, she's uh, she's a professional model, and you know you should have her on your on your show. And I was like, nah, we've had models on the show before. Like, I'll be honest with you, they're fun to hang out with, but really not a lot behind the microphone. And again, it's radio. And she said, this girl's different. Trust me. And so we exchanged emails. And I said, hey, heard you're in town. Want to come on the show? And she's like, yep. There's just a few things I can and can't talk about regarding my modeling uh, contract. So if we can just go for a quick coffee uh, at some point, uh, you know, let me know. And so we met at Earl's Main for a quick 15-minute coffee, which turned into a four-hour lunch. And she needed a ride back to her cousin's place because there was like a little, little mini family reunion that was happening. And when I pulled up, she goes, do you want to come in? And so I met her entire family on the first day of meeting this woman. And we hung out the entire week that she was here, and then she went back to Australia, and uh, then to Miami, and then within four months, uh, she packed her bags, and we moved in together. And a year later, we got a dog, and then we got engaged, and then we got pregnant, and then we got married, and then we had a kid, and we've got two boys now, 11 and 8, and they're amazing. And yeah, I'm, once she sobers up and gets glasses, I'm in big trouble. That's the saying. That's the saying that I, yeah. that I like. I tell everybody when I show them, like uh, in Vancouver, ladies that I was seeing, I was like, this is Dave. This is what I do the podcast with, mm-hmm. Dave Wheeler. Not the uh, the radio guy. People know you on on TikTok as yeah. But and this is his wife, and they say, "Yeah, I know. I'm the two. She's the eight, and we make a perfect ten. <laughs> Actually, I told uh, one of the girls in Vancouver this. I said, uh, "She's a ten. I'm about a, a three. You put it together, you get about thirteen. Right. You cut it down the middle, you get a six point five. I think we stretch it to a seven. That's a pretty good day. That's a good day. You come out as a seven. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, listen, I uh, 
I anyone that listens to uh, my radio show or the podcast knows uh, just how much love I have for my wife. And I know, you know, there's that old adage of, oh, the old ball and chain. But um, she is my ride or die. She is my partner for life. She's my soulmate. I know that word is used a lot, but uh, I would do anything for that woman. And I have enjoyed the last 10 years of marriage that we've been in. And we've been together 13 now. And yeah, man. Don't believe all the horror stories about uh, getting, oh, my God, getting married the worst thing ever. I, I've loved all 10 years of it, and I'm looking forward to the next 40. And you got two kids, so clearly it's two, working. Yep, two boys, and they're great. They're awesome. Uh, yeah, life is uh, married life and being a parent. I mean, listen, anyone that's a parent will tell you that you don't really get a manual when it comes to this stuff. And, I mean, I've been a father now for over 10 years, and you'd think you'd do anything for 10 years. You'd be pretty good at it, but constant learning you're learning something new every single day and you just kind of figure it out as you go along it's a lot of fun and doing it with her is just amazing so believe me when i tell you i was i a single guy in my 20s and did i date a lot sure but you know it's the old saying of yeah you got to slay a few dragons to get to your princess um i uh, i met my princess and uh, i've been living in her kingdom ever since speaking of dragons mm-hmm. we got to talk about our presenting sponsor the amazing folks at sheath underwear yes for powering this podcast mm-hmm. you can skip the line skip all the dragons and go right to the princess at sheath underwear Dot com. I like that. We're going to tell you all about it. Dave, are you wearing your pair? I, I've always got my sheath on. Yeah, actually, I, I just spent some time out in the Ottawa Valley visiting my parents. And uh, when I was packing up, I'm like, oop, sheath, oop, sheath, oop, sheath. Been there for three days, so I'm going to need three sheath. I have a story that I think will top it for you. Okay. So, new lady in Vancouver that I've been hanging out with before I came back today. Mm-hmm. I was up early in the morning making coffee in my sheath underwear and only my sheath underwear, just to kind of paint a picture for you. And she says to me, she says, your, you know what, looks very large. This morning. And you say, that's because it is. <laughs> well, I was honest. Uh-huh. I was an honest salesman. I wouldn't sell many cars, but I was in the industry. But I said, it is the sheath dual pouch. It segregates everything. It stretches it out and spreads it out so you can breathe. Mm-hmm. And you can too. And you go to sheathunderwear.com. You use the promo code BISCUIT69. You can breathe so your balls aren't stuck to the side of your leg. Your twig is not stuck to the side of your leg. You're not like Austin Matthews getting pissed off and guys asking to try their butt ends grips and you're like, no, nah, I'll see you later, man. <laughs> uh, well, it's amazing. It stops you from having to do the old awkward uh, pocket pool uh, adjustment when you're out in public. It just kind of keeps everything where it's supposed to be. And yeah, it's great. Actually, she told me, she's like, is that what that is? Like when guys like kind of like stretch their leg out or they kind of like, yep. you know, she's, I was like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. literally what we're doing. People don't get that a lot. I mean, the, you'll see women a lot of times, you know, like adjusting their bras and whatnot. Same idea. Same idea. It's just, it's uncomfortable. And a lot of times you're like, oh, gross, he adjusted in front of me. It's like, it was uncomfortable. I'm, I'm not, uh, come on. But listen, sheath underwear keeps everything where it's supposed to be. And that's how we like it. We want everything compartmentalized, everything segregated, breathing mm-hmm. at sheathunderwear.com. Mm-hmm. Promo code Biscuit69. There's a link in the video description if you want to pick up a set or on the podcast notes in the podcast description. And thanks to uh, Sheath. We got Sheath, a new contract. We're going to be on with them for hey. three more months till the end of December. How about that? It's awesome. And, and moving forward. Moving forward, yes. Yeah. So thank you to Sheath for powering the podcast. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, we got some stuff to talk about. We have some hockey news to talk about. Living situation. I'm leaving literally uh, in two days, less than two days to head off for the season. So the living situation. So by the time people hear this, you're already there. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Like, actually, that's another thing that I should let everybody know that. Uh, so my living situation, there may very well not be Wi-Fi at the place. So the podcast this week will go up. I'll finish editing it tonight and pop it up for Sunday. There may not be an episode next week. I, if I can't find Wi-Fi, I, I don't know how to get a podcast. Do it at the rink. I wonder what kind of Wi-Fi they have. See, the problem with that is, though, this podcast ends up being like a 300 gigabyte master file mm-hmm. to like by the time we all you know, said and done. And it takes like a day and a half to upload the whole thing. Like, well, it's, believe it's me, are, are the offices for the team inside the rink or are they remote? That's a good question. I didn't, I didn't ask that today. Because you, you could always go, because I guarantee you they probably have a, whether how big it is, but I guarantee you they have internet at their office and they probably have a small multimedia area. Um, so do it at the office. 
Okay. There is a podcast next week now. There you go. The week after. Yeah. Either that or just go to Starbucks. Yes, yeah. Starbucks. They always got Wi-Fi. You know what, you know what I love doing? Mm. People are going to judge me for this. I love it. You go in, you ask for an ice water cup. It is the best water in the world. It is triple filtered. Even the ice is triple filtered water for the ice free on the house. A Trenta ice water cup, massive. And you sit there and expose the free Wi-Fi. It's fantastic for working. Love it. You want a coffee too? You can get a coffee. It's like pumpkin spice weather. Oh, it is. I had my first pumpkin spice latte when I was out in the Ottawa Valley and I could tell it was fall. You got the hot? You didn't get the cold? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is in this weather. Absolutely. The... I'm, I'm going to give you a hot take here. The cold cream, mm-hmm. pumpkin cream cold brew is so tight. It is so tight. I buried like seven in the last two weeks. And listen, I know we're in Winnipeg. We're the Slurpee capital of the world. By the way, that's a true fact. Winnipeg, Manitoba, Slurpee capital of the world, 7-Eleven. Check the stats. Um, I, I get it. We, we like having Slurpees in the winter. But for me, having a cold brew in the winter or in the fall, now, I'll have those in the summer, in the spring, sure. But no, it's all hot coffee from here on in until it gets warm again. Keep in mind, this is Vancouver weather, which is a little bit nicer than it is right. here. When I got out of the airport today, I told you in the car on the, the way over here, I was like... I become soft. Yeah. It is, I'm like, this isn't this isn't Sweden. Mm-hmm. The leaves will still be orange for another like month, month and a bit. It'll be beautiful. Then yeah. it'll start raining in a month in Sweden. But here, it's like 10 today. Well, you were in the uh, closer to the southern point. Like you weren't in Umia or anything, which is up north. So you got pretty mild winters when you were there. I was literally the Vancouver of Sweden. Right yeah. on the west coast. Rain, like we talked about the other or the other episode, from October until February. Right. Rain every single day. And then the sun comes out and it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. It, it, it's funny. I was even looking into uh, certain areas of Europe, and you'd think, I mean, we're, we're here in Winnipeg. We're actually an hour from the U.S. border, so we're pretty south as far as, you know, ge- geographically, but cold AF, cold <laughs> AF here. Holy man. But you become climatized real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that ocean coolness. Well, listen, you're, light, you're right on Lake Erie, man. Like, so you're going to be, uh, the, the humidity that you're going to get out in Detroit and again, I know because my parents live in the Ottawa Valley, so they got the St. Lawrence River there. When there, then when that wind comes off the water, you cannot put on enough to stop that cold from ripping through you. Like it's just a different kind of cold. Yeah, you may not get the snow, you may, got, you may not get the deep uh, below zero temperatures, but it's, it's it's a different kind of cold out there. When you shovel. You're going, it's not like the white fluffy snow you get here. Like you can actually, when you dig your shovel in, you can see the blue. Like you can see the water in the snow out there. It's crazy. Heart attack snow. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly it because it's so bloody heavy. I do need to get a jacket. I got a jacket last year in Sweden because I thought it was going to be nicer than what it really was. I'm going to get a blizzard and I had to get a, a jacket. Yeah. I returned it five months later at the store, brought it back, said I'd like my money back. They said, what was wrong with it? Oh, I'm going home. Okay, sure. They took, they took the jacket back. No joke. And actually one of the so guys, you rented a jacket. I literally rented a, a $200 jacket mm. for five months and brought it back on my money back. Wow. It was fantastic. Good for you. And I saved some space on the um, uh, in the suitcase, bringing everything back home. What's the protocol for, I, I, when you're playing, I mean, listen, when we all played uh, AAA hockey and that kind of stuff, you wore the team jacket. Mm-hmm. What's the protocol when you're playing pro? Do you, do you wear the team jacket? In Europe, it's very, like, uh, casual dress code. Like, we had, like, one of the guys on our team who always, like, dressed very nice, very clean. Most of the guys, honestly, wore track pants, sweatpants on, on, like, a road game or a home game. Like, there was really no... Even going into the rink? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, very, very laid back. I know, I actually, I need to get a suit this year. I haven't bought, in, like, a suit in, like, four or five years. Yeah. And I have nothing that fits. So that's probably sometime end of next week I gotta get something that... We had, we had a rule for our dress code. It was either uh, collar, tie, uh, or your collar had to be outside of your suit jacket. And so a couple guys on the team went full disco. Yep. Chest hair popping out, big butterfly collars outside of their jackets because they didn't like wearing ties. I was thinking about doing that. I don't like the tie. It's too restricting. It's Go too full tight. disco, man. Go full Dirk Diggler. That's the way to go. And I got the haircut going on this morning to freshen up the uh, the fade and the mullet, so that'll work nicely with yeah. the, uh, the disco look. Absolutely. I just need an Austin Matthews stash, and we'll be 
rolling. Are, are you getting excited now? Are you at that point where you're getting I'm like, really are excited? You, like, are you anxious? What, what, what's the feeling? It's a little bit of both. Mm. I'm, I'm excited. I'm like I'm ready for the season. It's been like we're end of September, beginning of October. The season ended in March. It's like let's get down to hockey. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to start a month ago. I'm also a little bit nervous. Like I, I don't know if we talked about it before, but so I signed in the Fed uh, three years ago in Columbus. Mm. Uh, I thought, like everybody says online, it's just, it's like a, ben, a men's league, it's a beer league, it's not very good hockey, the guys suck. I was wrong. I was mm. very, very wrong. I did not come in prepared. I also came to camp with a knee injury, mm. and you factor in trying to play with a knee injury, you also weren't prepared, like just terrible. It, it was horrible. Well, think about this. Once upon a time, the Allen Cup, which is the uh, senior men's championship here in Canada, once upon a time, like that was the next best thing to the Stanley Cup. I mean, if you weren't playing NHL, you were, you were usually playing senior hockey. I mean, obviously now we have numerous leagues across the world in North America especially but this is a step up I mean you go watch the Allen Cup you go watch your your rural teams play and try and qualify for the Allen Cup it's good hockey I mean these are former players from the WHL University Western League all sorts of junior and so you take that a step up to guys that are actually focusing on not having a job and then going to the rink and practicing like this is this is a full-time gig you're gonna get some solid hockey players in that league and you get some guys that like burn you and make you look ridiculous yeah especially when like, you're not prepared and kind of all that stuff so um, my agent and I, we, we had a talk on the phone actually yesterday about exactly this. Like, just put the past aside. You, like, I screwed up. I messed up before. It is what it is. Nothing we can do about it. I've come into camp prepared now. I'm healthy, which is honestly kind of a miracle. Mm-hmm. 100% healthy. I had a great month of training in Vancouver and a little bit in Hamilton. I'm ready. I'm feeling good. I just have to stay healthy and then go and execute the game plan. So I talked to our GM on the phone today, and we mapped, mapped out a game plan, expectations, starter, backup. So starting out of the gate, I am not going to be the starter. Uh, you know that already? I'm not going to be the starter okay. on, on paper right now. Okay. So we have uh, one guy, his name is Trevor Babin. Uh, he played in the league last year. He is on paper the starter, and that is the expectation. I would slot in at number two. And then we have two local guys who will kind of slot in at three, four. If we ever need a goalie, you know, training camp, we need four goalies, so mm-hmm. those two will be there. Yeah. But that's the plan. A great training camp can change a lot. Of course. Both, you know, maybe he has a poor training camp, I have a good one, or I have a poor training camp, he has a good one, and now I'm the third guy, and I'm getting sent home. So... That's the thing with North American Pro is that you have a bad week. See ya. Well, yeah. Well, listen. I mean, don't uh, don't tell yourself short. I mean, it could go the other way too. I mean, uh, any smart coach knows that he rides the hot goaltender, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, the advantage that you have rather than in the NHL where there's a lot of politics, and even in the American League, if you've got a young guy who maybe you have a better veteran goaltender in in the American League, but you know the parent club wants you to ride the the rookie because they want to get him seasoned. Uh, you could be on the on the backside, or even in the pros, the the, the big money guy is going to get more time than the lower money guy. But you're in a situation where you you just ride the hot goaltender. Period. Mm-hmm. There's nobody looking above, no one looking below. There's no expectations as far as money and that kind of stuff. So it comes down to who's playing better. And if that's you, any coach would be an idiot not to ride their hot goaltender. Well, I think too is you you have an expansion team where there's no pre-established roster. There's no right. like starters. All this kind of like everything's fresh. You come and have a, dr- a great training camp. I show that I can stop the puck at a competent level, and on top of that, make saves that maybe other guys shouldn't, mm. and I have the intangible assets to provide confidence to mostly the coach and the coaching staff, I'm going to get starts. Mm. I was told, though, I guaranteed will not be starting opening night. The opening night start will be going to the other guy, okay. and then we're playing a 3-3 three and three to start the season off, so I'm going to get one of the games. Mm. Which one, we don't know, but it will not be the opening night start. So okay. uh, to all the people that messaged me that they bought opening night tickets, I'm sorry you're going to be watching me open the gate. Yeah, well, you'll be you'll be there for warm-up. I'll be there for warm-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to stop pucks and... Hey, you're yeah. you're in a, you're in a uni and you're on the bench. Exactly. For those that are outside of that uh, viewing area that can't go to the games live, are they going to be streaming games? Yes. So every single game, not just like our games in Motor City, but all Fed games will be live streamed free 
on YouTube, so mm-hmm. the full broadcast. I believe they have play by play as well. Mm-hmm. They, they in the past. They I were... haven't gotten a phone call yet, by the way, for that play by play. You said so, don't call you. No, I'm. I'm well, they can afford me. Okay, <laughs> we have to reach out. We got to get some money, yeah. and then call Dave, and then we'll yeah, get Dave. Then to give come me a shout. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. That would be great to have you out during the season. Oh my god! Well, it's funny because getting uh, I got into radio after my eye injury in hockey, and I got into radio because I wanted to stay involved in hockey. Uh, in hockey, one of my minor hockey coaches, his name is Mark Stiles. He was the play-by-play guy for the local junior team in Fort McMurray, and um, I, he was also the sports guy um, uh, at the local radio station, and he was my uh, my coach. And I just, I, I always love the fact that he was able to, you know, do hockey for a job. And so the whole idea of getting into radio was to do play-by-play or some something involved in hockey. And then after I went to college, I just kind of fell ass backwards into the whole morning show comedy thing and been riding that for 25 years. But yeah, the whole reason I got into this was to do hockey. So the fact that, you know, we're doing a hockey podcast now is right up my alley. And yeah, I, I'm only 43. So, I mean, I've still got lots of broadcasting Wait, you're years not, left. you're not 26? I, I feel like I am sometimes, but my kids make me feel a lot older. But, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I would never say no to at least looking at an opportunity like that. When people message me that listen on the audio or the Apple or sort of the Apple or the Spotify version of the mm-hmm. podcast, they say, describe Dave to me. I said, well, he's he's young, he's chiseled, he's good looking, he's got <laughs> thanks for lying. good jawline. Yeah, thanks and for lying. And then lying. they look at the video version, they say... Oh, Dave's off this week. Yeah, <laughs> Dave's on holidays. <laughs> Who's this guy? Yeah, this isn't Dave. Nope, not, this is Dave. Not the guy you described. <laughs> that was last week. That was Rob. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he's I, a handsome devil. He Holy does moly. meet that description. He actually, does. Yeah. Actually, we should talk about that that little story I, I told you before we started uh, recording. So, uh, last week's podcast, we talked about how Rob was doing a demo day for the Los Angeles Kings, and goes down there to see Jonathan Quick specifically because he spent, I believe, it was two years playing with Quickie in the uh, with the Reading Royals in the Kings organization. Okay. So hasn't seen him in fifteen years. Goes to see him, Quickie, how you doing? And first thing he says to me, maybe I shouldn't be repeating this, but he's like, damn, man, like Quickie looks old. Like Quickie's looking real old. And so Quickie's like, oh, Rob, good to see you. How old are you again? Rob's like, oh, I'm 40. Mm. How old are you? 36. Rob doesn't look a day over 25. No. And he has looked like that for the last seven years I've known him. Yeah, he's got that Scandinavian blood in him, though, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, poster-child-looking thing. And, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's been aging well. Rob, if you're listening, good for you. Lucky son of a gun. Handsome. You know who he looks like, and I've, I've been telling him this for years with the uh, with the jawline, with the hair. He looks like West Scantlin, a puddle of mud before he. Wow, yeah, I would say a little healthier West Scantlin, yeah. Before he started strapping like uh, pipe bombs to people's cars and yeah, buzzsawing their fences. <laughs> I, I bet you Rob sings better too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love puddle of mud, but the, the last couple of years have been kind of. It's been tough. a bit of a struggle it's for those tough guys. To watch. Yeah. Tough to watch. Been a bit of a struggle. You, you know what? Sorry, this is really off topic. Mm. You know who's really got my attention lately? Mm. Jacoby and Papa Roach. Okay. His TikTok game is so tight. He's so engaged with people, and it's just been popping up all over TikTok for me lately. I started getting into some of their music. They like some of the music they have at Papa Roach is incredible. I'll tell you, I've I've uh, dealt with those guys a few times in my radio foray, and um, as much as they seem like just a band of misfits on the surface, where they're just you know these punk rockers, I've n- it's rare that you see a band that 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 are that dedicated and that hardworking, like everything they do is so calculated and hard working. I mean, they are constantly working. They're constantly rehearsing. Like that stage show is so well mapped out. And Jacoby Shaddix is, I would say the de facto leader of that. But yeah, when, when, when you see a band like that, you don't realize a lot of the hard work that goes behind it and they grind. 
They grind for everything that they've gotten. So good for them. You know, I was listening to an isolated version of his vocals for their new hit single, uh, No Apologies, mm. and uh, like some of the other stuff. And just like the isolated vocals, how smooth, how powerful it is, mm. it's incredible. And then the live version sounds identical. Like how hard is it to find an artist who sounds identical live? Well, it comes into the hard work, man. It, I, again, that comes down to the hard work. They seem like they, they're they they're just a, oh, they're a bunch of punk rockers and they have a little bit of talent. No, no, no. That, that all comes from hard work, man. I guarantee you he is... Working with vocal coaches, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, I, I bet you that's more than just raw talent. He's not quite the Kurt Cobain, goes to see a vocal coach. Right. They put the tape in the tape recorder, the tape recorder mm. and then they laugh and they throw it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's quite like that. I don't think he's like Justin Hawkins where he's gargling wine before every show. Yeah. That's the next level. Yeah, well, Justin Hawkins, who is from the darkness, he ended up having to have vocal cord surgery because he just abused his vocal cord so much, but he can hit falsetto like nobody ever heard. The guy who had vocal cord surgery was uh, our boy Chad Kroger. Yeah, yeah, they've got a new a new record coming out as well. The Keep Rolling or Let's Let's Roll. I can't yeah, that's right. Title. Yeah, San Quentin. San, oh, how heavy is that? Some you want to talk about that for a sec? Sure. How good is that new uh, hit single, the San Quentin? I'll say this about uh, Nickelback, and again, a band that I've uh, been able to sit down and have have chats with here and there over the career when they were much smaller and they were you know coming out of their their first record, uh, the State. But this is before Silver Side Up. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So Chad figured out the chemistry and the right variables that needed to make a hit song. And people, for whatever reason, call them sellouts and, oh, wait, what are you doing, blah, 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 blah. Chad said right from the get-go, I want to be a rock star. I want to be rich, and I want all the things that come with it. And he figured it out, and I applaud him every single day. You don't have to like them. You don't have to. There's no contract as a Canadian saying that you have to like Nickelback. You don't want to listen to him? Don't listen to him. It's a spice of life. But you can't fault the guy for doing everything he set his mind out to. I mean, I just finished watching that movie King Richard with Will Smith. Say what you will about him. But there is a guy who, uh, Richard Williams, who raised Serena and Venus. And I had no idea that he had planned that out. He's like, these two girls are going to be tennis superstars. One is going to be ranked number one in the world. And one's going to be considered the GOAT. Like, he planned everything out. Chad was the same way. He had all of this plan from day one. He knew how to do it, and I give him all the credit in the world. Conspiracy theory, hot take. What do you mean? Like how he, he planned everything. He mapped out the success from totally. from going from nowhere in Hannah, Alberta yep. to the... And I think I know the video you're talking about where he, where he mapped out the, uh, the the magic formula for that hit song, mm-hmm. uh, the, the whole loud, quiet, loud, the you know Kurt Cobain kind of inspired... Uh, formula, mm-hmm. but then also followed by the lyrics are something that is universally accepted, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take rocket science to look at the Nickelback lyrical sheet and say, "Okay, I know what he's singing about." Yep, he's not hiding it. He's not, and and it masterfully sounds incredible. Like the people that don't like it, the the heavy, like I love the 2003 kind of uh, the long road. Mm-hmm. I I love all the right reasons, but the long road I think was the heaviest, best sound, mm-hmm. and the new San Quentin sounds just. Exactly like that. Well, listen, it, it, they are getting into the realm of the ACDCs of the world uh, where you know what you're going to get. ACDC comes out with a new record. They're not going to go crazy and do a fusion jazz album. You know what you're going to get. It's going to be... Nickelback's the same way. If you're expecting anything new out of that band, then you're going in it with you're going into it with the wrong attitude. They were for a little bit, though, with the um, uh, Here We Stand album, I think. No. Uh, that, that's just a different producer. That's just a different producer. That's that, that's a producer coming in going, you know, because they worked with Mutt Lang once upon a time and all these different producers and Bob Rock. And it, it, a lot of times a record will take a shape when a producer gets his fingers on it. Now, Chad has his own studio out there in Vancouver and he does what he wants. Is he experimenting a little bit with different sounds? Sure, but it's still Nickelback. You're still getting 
Chad, you're still getting that. It's a formula, and look, if you have a win, it's the same reason why the Atlanta Braves made the playoffs for so many years in a row in Major League Baseball. They for, followed a formula, they played Moneyball, and it worked for them, so why would you fix it if it's not broken? Moneyball. Yeah. There's the good teams, there's the bad teams, there's 50 feet of shit in the nurse. <laughs> and there's the Oakland Athletics, yeah. God <laughs> love us. Billy Bean. <laughs> um, you see the video of uh, Chad Kruger? He put it on Instagram the other day. I can't remember if it was his Instagram or uh, the Nickelback Instagram, but he's flying out Tommy Lee to his mansion. He flies him out, and he's like, I love being rich. <laughs> yeah, right? I was sitting down with Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister once upon a time and sat down, and I said, hey, man, how are you? He goes, I'm great. I'm Dee Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just love that confidence. It's amazing. I mean, God love those guys. They always say, more money, more problems. Uh, actually, there was a great line from a movie, Boiler Room, where I think it was, uh, was it Ben Affleck? People say that money, the people people that say money is the root of all problems don't have any. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd rather have the problems that come with money than not. But it, in all reality, it does fix a lot of the issues that you have. Like, people that can't afford groceries, like like the like the bare bones essentials. Mm. But the actual, like, problems you have, let's say, I think, money just makes you a bigger version of what you have before it enables it. If I'm making 100000 or sorry, if I'm making $10,000 a year, I can't probably, like, enable the the real version of myself and what I truly want to do. I make $10 million, do whatever I want. Nobody can tell me otherwise. There's an old riddle that goes uh, like this. The uh, rich need it, the poor have it, and if you eat it, you'll die. And the answer is nothing. So the rich need nothing, the poor have nothing, and if you eat nothing, you'll die. Okay. Right? That's powerful. Right? That's really powerful. That's something? Almost as powerful as our next sponsor, the folks at Manscaped.com. Hey, there you go. I love this. The Lawnmower 4.0. Let's, let's talk about it for a sec here. So... This is a brand new one. This is not game used yet. Oh, Actually, wow. Okay. No, sorry, it is. It is game, <laughs> <laughs> it is game used. Uh, so this is the Lawnmower 4 from the folks at Manscaped.com. Mm-hmm. It has skin-safe technology. Now, I personally have two. One we talked about before for neck south. We have one for neck north. Yep. Trim the fellas, all that kind of stuff. North of the port. It was mm-hmm. north, right? Or was it south of the port that we tried to trim? I can't remember. I'm not very good at this kind of stuff. But Manscaped, <laughs> the transition was great, though. <laughs> Manscaped is great at all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's going to give you 90 minutes of battery life, a smooth shave. You want to trim up the chest. You want to do the arms. Maybe you look like a gorilla, like uh, some other people out there in the world. They got you covered. Do it you, get, did a great job on my shoulder wells. Perfect. Yeah, right underneath the armpit, nice yeah. and easy. Like I, I getting a razor in there sometimes is hard to get some certain spots. This thing took it down, no problem. Yeah. It was great. And no itch, too, which I kind of yes. like because it's not going right down to the wood. Yeah. Although the only problem you will run into is if you're me, and a beautiful blonde lady, a six-foot-tall blonde lady on a date, she will then haze you and say, do you trim your legs? And I will say, yes, I look more vascular like this. And she will then say, you look like a woman. Please grow them out. <laughs> so I put my attachment on. Mm-hmm. We did a number two, and now we're good. And you can, too. You go to manscaped.com, and you use the promo code BISCUIT, okay. B-I-Z-K-I-T, and it'll mm-hmm. get you 20% off free shipping exclusively from the folks at manscaped.com. There's a link in the video description and the podcasting notes. As always, somebody sent me a message, uh, actually today, to travel and listen to the new podcast for this week. Yeah. I was making dinner, eating my cheeseburgers, and I spit my cheeseburger out listening to the sheath underwear ad about Austin Matthews sticking his balls to the side of his leg like a piece of gum on a high school desk. Wow. wow. I would spit out my hamburger too. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> the guy spent all this time making a beautiful burger, mm-hmm. and now it's on the floor and the dog's picking it up. The dog was happy. I bet. Absolutely. Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> Rover's eating good tonight. <laughs> Fantastic tonight. You should call it Austin. Call the dog Austin. Oh, for Austin Matthews. Yeah, there you go. He's got a weird way of spelling his name. A-U-S-T-O-N. Austin. Austin. Yeah. From Arizona. Mm. But you know who's not from Arizona? It's my new girl. Tell me all about the new Fraulein. I have some funny stories to tell you. So we talked about how I was going to be living with uh, the Irish lady. 
right? Yeah, yeah. So, Conor McGregor's sister. Yes, yeah. yeah. that was gold, by the way. Everybody I told that to was like <laughs> the walk. Bent, <laughs> and I pictured it too because like I, I know like the, the apartment. She's walking down the hallway, and it, it, I was scarred. I was absolutely scarred. So my plan was for if you're joining the podcast recently. Traveling was expensive this summer. Instead of getting an Airbnb for $4,000 for the month or a hotel, I went on my dating apps and asked, girl, hey, can I stay at your place? I will pay your full month of rent because a mid-20s woman will take that deal any day of the week. Mm. Give you $2,000. Perfect. I don't spend $4,000. Everybody wins. Mm. Did it. Ended up being terrible because she threatened to kill me. I said, I'm going to leave. Mm. She gave me my money back. Mm. Everybody wins. I went to a new Airbnb, which bought me time to get a smoking deal. So I ended up paying like less than what I was going to pay for her rent. I paid like 16 or sorry, 1900 bucks for a, basically a full month in Vancouver. Yeah. That's a win. If you ask me, Bingo. now I, I was in a new location. So my dating apps are set to that range. I meet this awesome girl who is six feet tall, beautiful blonde girl. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the most beautiful girl I've ever met in my life. Wow. Stunning. Great smile, great eyes, all that kind of stuff. And on top of that, we talked about the potential. You have me at six five. You have her at six feet. Everybody comes together, mm-hmm. reproduce mm-hmm. an NBA prospect. Now uh-huh. she doesn't like the whole NBA prospect idea because she's like basketball is kind of boring. And and spice of life, mm-hmm. as you say, everybody's entitled to their opinion. She wants to be a hockey mom. I said hockey's a little expensive. What kind of job you want to work? I I'm not going to be able to afford to put kids into hockey. You see what I do for a living? It's so funny you say that. We were chatting about this on uh, on our show uh, last week and. Just kind of did a random poll on what it was costing parents this year to put their kids in hockey. Some were calling in with like seven thousand dollars per kid when you add up all of the gear and the you know the ice times and the travel. Like my God, that's unbelievable. It's it's literally crazy because less than ten years ago, I was playing the same Winnipeg AAA hockey that you would be playing at now. Mm. And I asked my mom, Mom, what did you pay? Five thousand five hundred dollars for the season. Yes, you have to pay your let's say two thousand for the summer to train with a goalie coach for workouts, all this kind of stuff. So you buy gear. It's expensive. Now that same AAA hockey, and we've talked about this before in the podcast, is ten to fifteen thousand dollars. You have the prep academy, the yeah. uh, RHA prep academy. That what I'm told, twenty five to thirty thousand dollars. Who has that kind of? That is literally a full time decent job for your kid to play hockey. Yeah, you know what's funny is remember how golf back in the day used to be like, oh, that's for country club kids, and oh, the rich kids play the golf in the tent. Hockey is getting into that territory. Like, it's getting into that realm of you can only do that if you are well-to-do. It's crazy. Either that or you go into a ton of debt to get your kids to play hockey. And I, and I, and I mentioned this on the show. My kids like hockey. They like hockey. They enjoy watching the Jets. They enjoy, you know, they enjoy getting a stick and shooting the ball around and whatnot. But they haven't shown a real desire or love to be like, I want to play. They'll do public skating. We'll take them out skating. They, they enjoy that. And I'm not disappointed by it. I'm not going to be that father who lives vicariously through my son saying, because I didn't make it, they're going to make it. They're in jiu-jitsu. They're, they're, they play golf. You know, they, they kick the soccer ball around. I think sports are important in a child's development uh, for structure and discipline and just, you know, overall athletic prowess. But I am not disappointed with the fact that my kids are not playing hockey. Number one for my pocketbook and number two because there's a lot less concussions in golf. We could talk about the culture side of it in like in a sec. I think the best thing about you putting your kids in jujitsu as somebody who I did my first jujitsu experience this summer mm. is when I went to the jujitsu studio, I thought it was going to be a bunch of meatheads throwing each other around, trying to beat each other up. Now it's ground chess, man. The amount of respect mm-hmm. in that studio, like whether you're black, brown, purple, blue, white belt, everybody respects each other. Mm-hmm. We're here to learn. We're here to get better. There is no egos. It's parked at the door and it's an, an incredible atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Nothing like I've ever experienced in hockey before. Mm-hmm. In hockey, you, you know personally that 
You have all these macho men. You have all, all the different. That's an alpha male thing, absolutely. All the alpha males of the world are playing hockey. But in jiu-jitsu, you may be that, but you park at the door, mm-hmm. and everybody's here working towards a goal of getting better, self-defense, all that kind of stuff. I love it. That's what I love about it, too. It's very zen. It's very centering. And as a parent, having uh, both my children learning a martial art discipline gives me a lot more confidence as they're going to get older, knowing that, yeah, you're okay. I know you're going to be able to handle yourself in a situation. So, yeah, I have a little more confidence than if you were just sitting at home doing nothing, being a pile on the couch. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, again, that's why I think regardless of what kind of sport it is, I think it is essential in a child's development. Well, someone pops off, you want to be able to take care of it. Like, you'd probably feel a lot more comfortable knowing that your kid could snap somebody's arm than if you're like, right. this might be a bad day for me and our son because we got to go to the hospital because he didn't know how to defend himself, mm-hmm. somebody stronger. Like, and, and keep in mind, I mean, there I would say probably about 25% of the class that uh, the dojo they go to are females, and I love seeing it. I mean, what father and mother would not want to have their daughter learn how to take care of themselves in a situation? Some of the most... Um, endearing experiences I had in that jiu-jitsu studio was when the women were throwing me around. Mm. And the white belt women... Yeah, you like that, don't you? I do yeah. like it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I did enjoy it. Like, for example, there's this uh, one lady who's a little bit of a larger lady, and she just tossed me around like a sack of potatoes. Mm. And then even like a, a taller, skinny lady at the, the studio, same thing, proper technique, proper posting out. She was working me. Mm. And not in, like you would at manscaped.com or sheathunderwear.com, <laughs> but in the jiu-jitsu sense. Yep. And to kind of, I guess, bring it all back around... Um, one of the things that you know, Victoria and I talked about, like with uh, the hockey mom creating a, a NHL draft pick prospect at six foot seven, was like the hockey culture. Like the, for for me personally, somebody who's been playing for like so long, I know you've spent how many years playing hockey. I look at the way hockey is, the way the hockey is trending, both uh, the financials like we just talked about, mm-hmm. the way people treat each other. I I heard a bombshell story that we're not going to name names. The, the people that are involved in the Hockey Canada. The lawsuit thing, right now, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you after we finish recording. There are some names that you will you will not believe at the National Hockey League level that are involved. Oh, it, it probably wouldn't turn me any different shade of blue. I mean, nothing surprises me at this point. But it's why is it being kept a big secret? Because the gatekeepers have money involved in these course, players. Absolutely. And they want everything hush-hush. Yep. As opposed to actually fixing what is the core problem, what is right and what is wrong, is the fact that these Young men, because they're, they're young men, whether you want to say, you know, 17, 18, 19, they're young men are disrespecting people. Mm. They're disrespecting young women, taking advantage of them and not being able to have emotional control. You know, he takes hate for it all the time. But one of the best things that I like about Andrew Tate says is how men with emo- or that lack emotional control are the most dangerous men on the planet mm. because they have impulses and they don't know how to control them. And the Hockey Canada situation is exactly that. Men are taught to not have emotional control. I think in hockey, they're allowed to get away with all these things, and it breeds this culture that, like, to be honest, like when I'm done playing hockey, I'm totally fine, like distancing myself from hockey. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I, I've had enough of kind of like seeing all this kind of, like the hockey culture shape into what it is today. Is yeah, it? it's uh, well, I mean, I never fully remove yourself from the game because it's a beautiful game and it's one of the best in the world. Uh, and I, I have fond memories and have tried to block out the bad ones, but uh, it needs to go through a shift. And we've had guys that have tried to call it out in the past who have been kind of like, ah, you're crazy. And oh, that guy's crazy. And oh, what he's talking about. And they just kind of get pushed underneath the rug. But there have been voices that have been trying to shed light on this for a long time. And there is a part of me that thinks this is going to get shuffled under the rug again. And it's just going to kind of go away. I mean, it's getting less and less press as we go on. Um, but yeah, something, something's got to change because it is too good of a game to allow this to have it hanging over its head. I think a lot of things in the world, and I know we, you know, we see eye to eye on a lot of things, you and I, in, in this realm, but the gatekeepers and the people that hold the key and the ticket to the hockey community and, and those decision makers, 
They're, they're not going to let go of that, that power, mm-hmm. and they're not going to, like, those are the people that are going to change it. The guys stroking the checks that are in charge of all these players that are coming in, making them how many millions of dollars, mm-hmm. those are the gatekeepers you got to take out. And mm-hmm. you, you, you literally can't because they're the most powerful people in hockey. Right. I know it's kind of, like, vague, but like you get what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, I'm curious to see what happens. I, I really am. I mean, the second the uh, the federal government got its uh, nose poked in there, you kind of think, all right, you know, we're, we're heading in the right area, but I, um, I have my fears I, and I have my doubts. I think it has to get worse before it starts to get better with the current status of... Tell you what, I, I think this is the best way to kind of deal with it on a more local level rather than having somebody else deal with it for us is if you are a parent and you have a child in hockey, talk to your kids. Talk to your kids. Be totally okay. with. And then I, I'm going to relate this to a Netflix show that I just finished watching and I'm partly disappointed that I watched it, but I watched it anyways. But the, the Dahmer uh, Netflix series. Yeah, everybody's talking about that. With, right with Evan Peters. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched it more through the eyes of the father who sat there and went with the whole, what did I do? Like, where did I go wrong with this kid? And they kind of show elements of his childhood and the way he was ignored. And there was times where uh, Jeffrey Dahmer would say, you know, Dad, I I have these these feelings sometimes. Dad would go, is, is this a sex thing? Okay, well, and then he would just completely change the subject, and he's not willing to broach those topics. You got to be able to talk to your kids about this, and you can't. You you're you're the authoritative figure here. You got to be the one to say it's okay to talk about this stuff. Please tell me about this because I can't help you fix it unless I know. So as gnarly as some of the stuff is that you probably think is happening or if you think, oh, no, no, it's fine. I, I did the same thing. I did the locker room. It's just boys. It's just, you know, guy, boys being boys. You got to be able to have those conversations with your kid. And you got to be able to guide them into what is right and what is wrong and be able to stand up for something when they say, I don't, I was, I was uncomfortable when I saw this, but I went along with it because I didn't want to have the peer pressure of being ostracized from the locker room. You got to have those tough conversations with your kid, because if you're not, then you're just perpetuating the situation. Well, is it boys being boys or is it boys being allowed to disrespect People are not well, being taught right But that's wrong. the attitude, right? That, oh, it's, oh it's, yeah, it's just boys being boys, and they'll grow out of it. And that's, that's just part of the process, and that's the way it's kind of shuffled off, and we ignore it, and then, again, it just snowballs, and it gets worse. you got to be able to talk to your kids, and you got to be able to listen to your kids. Listen, actually hear them when they're trying to tell you these things or ask you things because they don't have any other source of whether this is right or wrong. They're being told it's right in this culture, but you got to be in the, You got to be there to be able to step in and say, no, 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 no. What, what that that's wrong. That that should not be happening. And you got to be able to send them in with the right a- ammunition to be able to stand up. And regardless of how hard it is, to be able to say, no, this isn't right. Well, I, I think, and maybe I'm curious for your take on this. So, like when I was a kid, I was used to think that my dad was really tough on me. Like, why is my dad like so hard on me, so tough on me? Now that I'm an adult at 26, I see my dad set me up for success. My dad set me up to not end up like exactly the problem we're talking about because mm-hmm. my dad would crack the whip and say, this is right, this is wrong, you don't do this shit, there's no exceptions, and I'm really disappointed if you if you do do those things. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you have a take on that with, with your kids at 8 and 11, right? Yeah, 8 and 11, yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm very open uh, with, with, with my children, and I, I let them ask questions, and I don't shy away from it, and I, I, I listen, I could always be a better father. I, I, I'm, and I'm trying, I, I, I'm always trying to do better than what my parents did, and I'm trying to remember the things that I didn't like, and trying to you know, implement and when my kids ask and say, just try and do your only job in life is to try and do better than me at everything. Any like just try and do better than me. If there's things that you didn't like about what I did, fix it and do it differently. I'm not saying what I did was right, but I did my best and I'm trying and I'm trying every single day. So when it comes to my kids, 
am I hard on my kids? Yes, I'm just hard on them in a different way than than my father was. I'm trying to be able to shift it in a different direction because culture changes. Um, one thing I was going to mention, th- this is the funniest thing I'll, I'll tell you from my entire endeavors in Vancouver. Uh, I was talking to Victoria about the uh, UFC and whatnot, like Joe Rogan UFC, and she says, they, they fight in like a Pentagon, right? In the Pentagon? And I looked at her and I said, no, that's where the U.S. government is. They fight in the octagon. Right. That's the six-sided one? Yes. That's where they fight. In the eight, six, eight-sided. Eight, eight-sided sorry. one. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. No, I, I'm getting, <laughs> doing it to myself now. I hope she doesn't listen to this, but um, um, one thing I wanted to finish off with yeah. before we cap off and say our farewells before I head off to Detroit and Yeah, best of luck, man. I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm very excited as well. We'll, be, we'll all be watching very closely and, uh, the and podcast, streaming those games on live. For free on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, the podcast will continue though. We'll keep doing our mm-hmm. our Skype version of the podcast where we kind of edit it to make it look like it's in person. Absolutely. And I look forward to it. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your eye for a second, like your hockey story. Sure. So you have one functioning eye. Yeah. You are the one-eyed devil in sure. the podcasting world here. Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, long story short, so back in the late 90s, uh, we didn't have all of these, uh, these camps and these options to go and work out and stay in shape all the way through. And so... Guys that were coming back from uh, from university or college or, or junior or whatever it may be, we just all kind of pooled our money together and rented the ice a couple times a week and just so we could stay in, in game shape. And we tried to take it as seriously as possible because when you're playing pickup hockey, you pick up a lot of bad habits. So we tried to keep it as structured as possible. We weren't doing drills, but when we were out on the ice, we tried to you know run systems and make sure that we were uh, you know playing uh, to the best of our ability to make sure that we were in, in uh, ready to go for when camp started. And it was just one of those freak accident things. I had my visor on, but I had it propped up, you know, like like you did back in the day in, in, in the Western League. And um, I was coming out of my zone as a defenseman, and I was looking behind me, as you always do as a defenseman. You make sure you're the last one out of the zone. And I was crossing my blue line. On the far blue line, a guy on the opposite team spun around on one foot to just kind of dump the puck. And he, guy on my team, put his stick down in front of it. And when he spun around and shot the puck, it went right up his stick and came in. And as I was, I was turning my head, I took a puck in the eye and I broke my orbital bone um, here and there. Uh, completely destroyed my eye. You can still see scarring through my eyelid. Cosmetically, I got lucky. Like, it's still my real eye. But the way the doctor explained it was after the swelling went down, after about a week, I had to drive to Edmonton to go see a specialist. But they explained that um, the retina is on the back of your eye and it's like a tissue paper. If the retina comes off, no problem. They can put it back on. But they said, you literally shredded your retina. And if you think of it like a tissue paper, if you tried, if you had a tear in a tissue paper and you tried to sew it up, you can't. You just end up doing more damage. So it was pretty much you're not going to be able to see out of your right eye moving forward. And because I couldn't do that, there was vision requirements for playing, and I just uh, I, that, that was it. I, I was I was done playing as of that moment. So you have one functioning eye and one real eye that doesn't really do anything. That's correct. And actually, it's funny. I, I, I go back every once in a while and get my eye checked. And they go, well, you're still blind. I'm like, thanks. Although I do, I do, I really enjoy screwing. If I go to um, uh, the, the, the doctor's uh, the, uh, office and there's a, um, uh, a new nurse that I haven't seen before, of course, before you go in and see the optometrist, they'll sit you in front of like one of those, like I like to call it the owl mask. And they sit you in front of that and they do a quick eye test so they can get all the stuff down. And she goes, all right, let's do the left eye and have a look. I'm going to do a few different lenses. All right, let's do the right eye and tell me what you see. And I'm like, nothing. And she goes, oh, interesting. So she'll check the machine. How about now? I'm like, yeah, no, still seeing nothing. And she goes, and she'll look at the chart. She goes, oh, God, okay, yeah, you're you're impaired in that eye story about that. I should have read that beforehand. <laughs> but I love screwing with them every time. But, um, yeah, they, the, one of the doctors actually told me that uh, right now, like, if I move, my eye moves with me. Like, you can't tell. But as I age, it will get weaker because it's not being used and it could start deteriorating. And one day it may just fall in my soup. It'll just like pop out. It might. 
That'd be hilarious. Possibly, right? If we could do it right here in the podcast yeah. studio. <laughs> no, I'm saving that exclusively for my wife. That's going to happen in an old folks' home, and I'm going to say, I've got my eye on you. Standard <laughs> <laughs> bowl of chicken noodle soup. Yep. <laughs> what are the extra meatballs in the pho? It'll be like an Indiana Jones movie in the Temple of Doom, just eyeballs floating around in my soup. That's great. You yep. want to know where eyeballs also float around? Hmm. This podcast. Yes. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern. 11 p.m. in China. We do 10 a.m. in Winnipeg, 9 a.m. in Calgary, 8 a.m. in Vancouver on the West Coast, 4 in Sweden, 3 in the U.K., 5 in Finland. I, I have the time zones dialed in. Well done. Thank you. Thank well you very done. much. Uh, the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, the video version on YouTube. If you're listening on the Apple or the Spotify version, leave us a review. Give us a five-star review. Let us know what you think. If you want to support the podcast in ways that are beyond getting sheath underwear or Manscaped lawnmower or carry package, there is a Patreon page if you want to pitch in five bucks. We don't have any perks. Perks yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I, I do need to work on. I've been putting that aside for a few months, but hopefully get some perks, maybe some mugs, maybe some merch, maybe something. Um, that's on the do list. And uh, Mr. Wheeler, it is a pleasure to do the podcast as always with you in person. Best of luck this season, man. I'm looking forward to your first start with the uh, with the Motor City Rockers. And uh, yeah, best of luck this season, man. I'll, I'll, I'll be following along. Awesome. And we will see you. Send me a hat. I'll wear one. A jersey. We'll get you a jersey. Yeah, send me a hat. Two hats. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you next Sunday.